Good evening, ladies. Um, one thing is for sure, after a good ugly cry during worship, our speaker is going to look way better than I do. So um, I have the pleasure of introducing Reba to you all tonight. Um, if you did not get an opportunity to hear her speak last time, you are certainly in for a treat. Um, and if you haven't had an opportunity to meet Reba, introduce yourself to her afterwards. Uh, when I first met Reba, I thought she was very meek and, of course, very sweet. And then you get to know her, and she is super spunky. She's super passionate. She is full of great ideas, and she's a lover. She's a good friend um, who just loves on people and really loves Jesus with all of her heart, and that shows in everything she does. So thank you for coming tonight, and here is Reba. It's a little unfair when you're speaking and you're also crying five seconds before you're speaking. <laughs> First of all, before I like jump into all this, um, I just want to say a thank you to Miss um, Tammy and to our 70 Palms team. I'm always blown away by these events and just like the heart behind it and it that even though I've moved an hour and 15 minutes away, my heart is here because I love this so much. So I just want to say thank you. Also, I want to say thank you to my mom and sister. They both drove in tonight just to hear me, so Woo! I have my Woo! little fan base over here. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> um, so let's pray, actually. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much for the honor and the privilege it is to stand here and to share with these women. I thank you that your presence is already here, that I don't have to do any work because it's all you. I just thank you that we can gather here and that we can just be in your presence and hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So the last time I was here speaking on this stage, I shared a little bit about a journey that we've been on. Um, my husband had lost his job. We had like some transitions and we were just in a season of resting and waiting. And that's all we heard from the Lord. Um, well, our season of resting and waiting is over. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, and to make a long story short, um, a, friend, a pastor friend of ours reached out and said that they were looking for um, a couple or a family to plant a church in New Holstein, which is a little rural community north of like Plymouth area. Um, and we just felt like the, the tug of the Holy Spirit that that was for us. Um, it's not anything we ever planned. It's definitely out of my wheelhouse. Um, it's a little overwhelming when I think about everything that goes into it, but when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, when the Lord calls you to do something, you just can't run from it, and that's how we felt. So we said yes to planting a church. Um, so the first step of that was to raise money, which I've never done before, and renovate part of the church building into a parsonage because we felt that that was the easiest way for us to 
um, make it the best transition up there and yeah, financially and otherwise. So our goal was to raise $10,000 to complete a parsonage. And it sounds a little crazy, but somehow in the middle of a pandemic, in just a matter of four months, my husband and I raised $10,000 to renovate the parsonage. So on August 22nd, um, we moved in and we're up there. I live in New Wolstein now, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but it sounds, all those things sound like so amazing when I say it, but the process and the journey of going through that and going where God calls you to go, even when it's uncomfortable, is very challenging. Um, and one of the things I've learned in all of that is delight. Um, and that's when Miss Tammy brought up Psalm 119 and that we were going through that. She said one of our things was to talk about God's word delights. And I just knew right then, I was like, that's for me. Because there's a verse that's always been kind of my life first. Um, and so I thought, oh, I have this like great idea and this whole little thing. And then God changed everything. So <laughs> anyway, here we are. So what does delight actually mean? Um, delight means great pleasure to take pleasure in, satisfaction, enjoyment, or to please someone greatly. The Urban Dictionary, because we all know that's reliable, <laughs> defi defines it as someone or something whose actions or very presence produces or results in feelings of pleasure, contentment, satiation, that's a hard word to say, gratitude or happiness. So the scripture that I was given that kind of is like the topic for tonight is um, Psalm 119, 33 to 40. So you can go ahead and open up there. Um, so as I read this little portion, just think of it through the lens of delight, of taking pleasure in or satisfaction to please someone greatly. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. The message version, side note, the message version says, give me insight so I can do what you tell me. My whole life, one long obedient response. Mm -hmm. Lead me in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. For a rule breaker like me, that's a tough thing to read. For your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. So while I was studying this portion of scripture and kind of thinking about it, researching random stuff, because I kind of rabbit trail a lot, um, I came to a few conclusions on what I feel delight is and what that means, what delight actually means. The first thing is delight is not found in obligation. So you can, for example, you can obey the word, but you can you can obey the word without actually delighting in the word of God. Kind of like obeying out of obligation versus obeying out of pleasure or enjoyment. 
For example, I have a three-year-old, her name's Ivy. And sometimes when I ask Ivy to do something, she's all excited and happy. I don't know why, but she loves taking things to the trash can. So I'm like, hey, Ivy, can you go throw this away for me? She's like, yes, mommy. And she runs over there and throws it away. But sometimes when I say, Ivy, can you clean? All your babies are scattered out on the floor. Can you clean them up? And she does this three-nager thing now where she's like, okay, mommy. Like she just has it down. Either way, she obeys my commandments, but her response in each example is very different. You can obey God without your heart being in the right place. You can do all the right things, check all the boxes, say yes to the calling, but your heart can be in the wrong place. You can serve God or say yes, but not be delighted in joy or be satisfied in serving God. This example can be applied to any part of our relationship with God. How contented are you with worshiping God? With serving Him, with time in His Word? Do you do it out of obligation? Number two, delight is a determiner of desire. In Genesis 29, there's a story about Jacob and how he goes to his uncle Laban's house. Or property or whatever and Laban has two daughters Leah who they say is weak in her eyes whatever that means and Rachel who's beautiful in form and appearance Jacob Jacob was so attracted to Rachel that he went to Laban and said he would work for seven years to take Rachel as his wife and in Genesis 29 20 it says this so Jacob worked seven years for Rachel and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. That's crazy to think seven years. He was like a couple days. Um, it wasn't a huge sacrifice for him because he really loved Rachel. The depth of your love determines the magnitude of your sacrifice. Shouldn't we be so in love with God that we're willing to be uncomfortable? Or give something up because we love him? How in love with, he, with God are we actually? <clears throat> it's not like the greatest example, but country living is not really like my thing. Kind of a, a city girl. <laughs> um, I like going to Target. The closest Target to me now is 37 minutes away. <laughs> so you could say that Making that choice isn't comfortable, but I've decided that it's not about my desire, but it's about God's desire. So my, back to the obligation thing, I could go about it in a very negative way, but I have to choose to be delighted in serving God. Um, so if someone were to hold you underwater to where you couldn't get up, and you're just like in water. What is the only thing you're thinking about and that you need at that moment? Air. You wouldn't be thinking about like, oh, I wonder if so-and-so liked my Instagram picture. Or what's what am I gonna make for dinner tonight? But you'd be thinking about like, I just need air. So do, do we actually desire God like a drowning man desires air? The third one is delight is found in God's word. 
One of the values we have here at 70 Palms is to be established in God's Word. It is much easier said than done. Um, God's Word diverts us. It causes us to change course. It directs us or aims us in a particular direction. And God's Word delights us. It gives us joy or satisfaction. Sometimes when you read God's Word, you realize that God's Word is reading you. At least it does for me. When I'm reading it, sometimes I'm like, okay, somebody's up in my business today. <laughs> um, sometimes it can almost be painful because you're like, oh, that, that kind of stings a little. I have some stuff to work on. It shows us where we fall short. Um, Psalms 1, 1 through 3 discusses delighting in God's word. I'm going to read it. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So I know some of you might be in Miss Tammy's inductive Bible study method life group. I took it one a few times. And it's a great tool when you're trying to like dig into something. So I'm still not a pro at it, so I actually cheated a little. And I went on YouTube, and you can search people who walk you through the inductive Bible study method on YouTube. So I found one for this verse. And one of the things <clears throat> that they came up with that I recognize is the part where it says, His delight is in the Lord's instruction the Bible, and he meditates on it day and night. And one of the things that they kind of had ended up at is meditating on God's word is like a cow chewing its cud. Sounds kind of gross. But did you know cows actually have four stomachs, and the food passes through each of those stomachs, and then comes back to their mouth, and they chew it again. So if you're thinking about it, they're chewing and rechewing the same thing, and it's the same how it should be for us is getting nutrients from God's word again and again and again. And reading the word will change us. Um, I've always struggled with doing my personal devotions and reading the Bible on my own. It's never been a strong suit of mine. Um, however, I've learned, obviously, the value of it. And um, so I took kind of a challenge to read the Bible in a year. And like, it sounds kind of like, oh, just a couple chapters a day, but when you get busy and you're in the middle of raising $10,000 and you're renovating a thing and you're figuring out life in a new city, it can fall in the back burner a little bit. <clears throat> so I started reading it, on, or having it on audio. So while I'm packing boxes or it's just kind of playing. And it's amazing how even when, like, I don't even hear what's actually being said. I think I was in numbers actually, which is like, you know, not the most entertaining book of the Bible, but I'm in numbers and I'm literally packing boxes as we're getting ready to move and I'm just have tears streaming down my face. And it's crazy how just hearing God's word can change you and soften your heart. So what I want to do right now is I just want us to have a little Selah moment. I know in season two of 70 Palms, Miss Tammy had a stop service and just pause and take a moment. Um, and Selah can be kind of translated in multiple ways. 
It can be a moment to pause and reflect, or even to lift up and exult. It's also like an interlude, so it's not like time to go to the bathroom, but it's like a, just a moment to like let God's word just permeate you. Like forget all the things that you came in here with. Forget if the kids are getting put to bed by your husband tonight or not. All those things just set aside and just let God's word minister to you. I have a few ladies who are going to read some scripture for us. Zephaniah 3.17 For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Deuteronomy 31.8 Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will never fail you, nor abandon you. Isaiah 26.3 You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Father, I just pray right now over every woman. Lord, that as your word is just going out over the airwaves right here in this room, that they would understand that you are for them that you love them, that you are mighty to save, that you delight in us, that you will give us peace in our mind, in our heart, in our spirits as we look and trust in you, that we are not to be afraid or discouraged, but just like a child puts their hand in the hand of a mother or a father and feels that security, you're inviting us right at this very moment to lay down the pressures, the burdens, the cares, the worries, the fears, and to trust in you because you are our rock eternal.
you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. First Corinthians 15:58. Therefore, my dear sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. God, I thank you that you take all things and you make them beautiful and you make them good. I thank you for your presence, Jesus. Amen. So even now as you're calm and peaceful, it kind of softens you, doesn't it? Just hearing those, like you might have been anxious or worried or stressed, but delight and taking enjoyment and pleasure in God's word, it softens your heart. Psalm 37.4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desire of your heart. This has been a significant life verse for me <laughs> because God had to deal with my heart when I started to learn more about it. Because when the first time I read it, I was like, delight and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's my kind of verse. Because that's easy. Just love Jesus and everything will go my way. Right? Wrong. <laughs> when you delight or take pleasure in something, when you find your satisfaction and enjoyment in them, you start to like what they like. You start, you start to want what they want. <laughs> my husband delighted. Um, his dream has always been to open a bed and breakfast in Montana. Montana's cold. It's far away from all the people I love. So it's not really like my dream. But like as I've grown in relationship with my husband and I've learned his heart, it's become my dream. And now I can't wait for the day when we can move to Montana and open our bed and breakfast. So when we delight in God and we find our satisfaction in Him, my desires don't really matter as much because I want what God wants and they become my desires too. What if we looked, talking about pleasure and all of this, what if we looked to God as our main source of pleasure or joy? What if we stopped trying to find joy or create joy or choose joy and instead, we simply spent more time with the source of all joy. So when going over all these things that I've mentioned about delight, delight is not found in obligation. Delight is a determiner of your desire. Delight is found in God's word. And delight softens your heart. It kind of brings me back to Psalm 119 that we talked about before. And when I'm reading over it again, it says, Teach me, O Lord. Give me understanding. These are all the beginning of the lines. Lead me in the path of your commandments. Incline my heart to your testimonies. Turn my eyes. All of those, teach me, give me, lead me, incline me. Those requests reveal the soft and pliable heart of a man or woman who's believes that God is dependable and good. Of a woman who desires to put aside her selfish desires 
for the sake of the one who created and redeemed her. So what does delight actually mean, other than the Urban Dictionary? It means you are able to be soft and pliable in the hand of God. Or like it says in Isaiah 64, 8, he is the potter and we are the clay. Researching a little bit about potter and clay, I found this little thing from this blog post by a guy named Dr. David Jeremiah. And this is what it said. Like a skilled potter, God knows how to apply precise pressure, when to relax his grip, how to score our life with his fingernail, how to squeeze and nudge, all which increases our fitness as a vessel for his use. At times, the master potter places us in the kiln where the fires of life turn us into stronger vessels. So delighting actually means that you're dying to self and submitting yourself to God. It may, means that I let him make of me what he wants me to be, not what I want me to be. It's kind of like Silly Putty. When you're playing with Silly Putty, my, my son Jonah just made Play-Doh at school and brought it home. And he can just pull it and stretch it and do anything he wants to it. He can stick it anywhere. I found Play-Doh everywhere. But the thing with it is it has no expectations or will of its own. The person playing with it can do what they want. And just like that, that's what I want to be in God's hand, is silly putty in God's hand. I want to give up what I want to do, which is hard. I'm telling myself now to give up what I want to do. <laughs> and give everything over to God, because when you do that, your whole life will change. I'll say I've been through quite a bit of change in the last six months. But the thing is, when you put your life in God's hands, he takes care of you, and everything is always covered. There has not been one moment of lack in all of this time. So tonight, you may be seeing your relationship with God as an obligation. Maybe you came in here thinking like, oh, I've got to check 70 palms off my list of things to do this week. Or maybe you find yourself in a challenging season and you just need to be reminded that God is your delight. And he even takes delight in me. That God is your source of all joy and satisfaction. Or maybe you, you're realizing <clears throat> that you've hardened your heart to allowing God to use you as he wants to. And maybe you just need to be reminded that tonight you're silly putty in his hands, doing and going wherever he wants you to go. So they're going to sing a song. And as they sing, and you're kind of thinking about where you fall in those categories, I'd like us to just come to the altar and lay those things down at the altar, if you're comfortable. However, if it's com more comfortable for you in your seat, that's fine. But I really, truly believe that life change happens at the altar. That laying down my will and what I want, that happens when I get uncomfortable. So they're going to sing this song. <clears throat> 